For my ally is the Force. And a powerful ally it is. Life creates it. Makes it grow. Its energy surrounds us and binds us. Luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. You must feel the force around you. Here, between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Jedi, like my father before me. You don't know the power of the dark side. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Welcome to episode 126 of Blue Harvest. I'm your host, Halls Burkhardt. And I'm your host, Will Witten. And we're back after a week off. Sorry about that, guys. Post-holiday action. Yeah. Thanksgiving shit. I was fucking full of fucking turkey and deliciousness. and It was just a lot going on, guys. Sorry about that. But we're back. We're going to try and make it up to you this week. Um... Hey, you know what's exciting? Uh, this episode and then next episode are the last two episodes we're doing for you guys before The Last Jedi comes out. <laughs> Not you know how exciting. long now. Oh, dude, I'm excited now. I uh, I got the little uh, Apple Wallet notification reminder on my phone today that was like, you have four tickets available for an upcoming movie. And I was like... <gasps> I know what that movie is. I know what that damn movie is. Force is strong with my Star Wars boner. <clears throat> yeah, man. That's. Let's hope it goes by f- f- quicker rather than slower. Um, oh, you know it's gonna. I guess this is a little different for us this week. We're recording late night. Ooh, Blue Harvest after dark. <laughs> oh. Have yourself a cocktail in your comfy clothes and your slippers. Bringing you all your favorite Star Wars news late in the evening. Real late. After a 12-hour workday. Mmm. Sounds good. Feels good. Oh, I like that! Anyway, uh, before we get into what we're going to cover this week, which is going to be the Battlefront 2 campaign and little tidbits of news in here, catch up on some emails, you know how we do. I'm going to give you guys the business. You can uh, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at blueharvestpod. You can email us at blueharvestpodcast at gmail.com. We have shirts and things available for sale on our Public store, tpublic.com slash user slash a blueharvestpodcast. 
We are so excited to be part of the Making Star Wars Podcast Network, the home to the greatest Star Wars podcast in the damn-ass galaxy, along with such amazing podcasts as, now this is podcasting, Steel Wars, Rebel Girl, Rogue One, The Sith List, Podcast 2187, Cantina Cast, Tarkin's Top Shelf, Idiot's Array, First Order Transmissions, and The Cargo Hold. And guys, as of the release of this episode, which is coming out December 2nd, you have eight more days to purchase our Blue Harvest Holiday Special. And guys, we are alarmingly close to a pretty cool goal. So uh, why don't you guys help us out there and get us over this tiny, the tiniest little hump. The bump. Uh, and in case you forgot, that is only $4, and it features amazing guests. Music bar boy, the bad motivator, Eric Strothers. Appearances from Jason and Amanda Ward. Sal Perales. Chris Fresh. Steel Saunders. Jonathan Grosso. Will Witten with the cooking from with Will. Tips and tricks and recipe ideas. King Tom himself, and old boy Soar's Bandine. It's a good time. It's only $4, and your $4 or more purchase goes to help a really good cause, the Kessel Toy Run, which a uh, buddy of the podcast, Brandon Man- sorry, Brandon, Brandon Manriquez has organized this year. And um, if you want more information on that, check out at the Kessel Toy Run on Twitter or there's a really nice post on makingstarwars.net that'll give you all the information on how you can donate toys to the toy run to help some kids in need have a better holiday season. So uh, check all that out. <clears throat> I got into my business groove there. Shook off the cobwebs a little bit. Dusted it was off, good. Dusted, it was good business. <laughs> dusted off the old business boner. How's the old uh, How's the old boy Johnny Grosso doing? He's good, man. We uh, we had a nice little episode of Rogue One going this week. I was in a nice. particularly good mood. Shook off some uh, weight on my shoulders. Got a little feeling light and fancy free. It's good to know. How you been, buddy? How was your holiday? It was good. Lots yeah. of travel. Lots of visiting. Got a little under the weather, but I'm on uh, the mend. Boo, that sucks. Had to do some Black Friday shopping that Ugh. I was not too happy about. Really? I, You know what? Um, Dude, every time I do it, I'm like, fuck <coughs> this. This is the last fucking time I'm ever doing this bullshit. I hate this shit. I don't, I don't necessarily mind Black Friday shopping. Um, Where do you Black Friday shop? So, and when do you go? So... Typically, I've gone, uh, you know, close to midnight, uh, gone to like Walmart to check out their video game deals. They typically have some good video game deals and stuff like that. Um, Now, am I like a hardcore pro Black Friday shopper where I'm hitting up multiple stores and trying to cop a giant TV? No, like I'm going for fairly small stuff, you know, things that catch my eye for Christmas gifts for people. Uh, this year we didn't go out at midnight. I didn't go out at midnight last year either. Although Jesse did, she went with some of my family last year. Um, this year I did some online black Friday shopping 
And then when Jesse and I got back into town on Friday, we did a little later in the day Black Friday shopping. Hit up GameStop, hit up Walmart. Nothing too huge or crazy, though. This year was pretty low-key as far as Black Friday shopping goes. It was mainly online. little Cyber Monday business going on, too. Where did you go? I, I had to go to the Walmart in Grenada, right? So the elements of my family that go Black Friday shopping and enlist my help because, you know, because when you go to the that shit to get the really good stuff, you got to be there super early, wait in line, get a voucher to get it, and then go pay for it. So the big item that my family needed was new phones because their phones are shitting out. So I'm standing in line for that. And we got to go up there at 4 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Now, see, so this, this, is is a, this is a horse of an entirely different color. <laughs> it's not, mm, let's go Black Friday shopping, see what's yeah. left. No, this is the, you got to get there to get the prime shit and wait in line with all the other fuck asses. Oh, God, they're so fucking irritating. And they're bitching about how they got to be in line. It's like, you're here. Like, you came here. You don't have to wait in this line and bitch about being in this line. Well, there better be enough for all of us. Motherfucker. Um, God, just makes my blood pressure so fucking high. So I get my fucking ticket, and then I go over to the Blu-rays, and I'm like, oh, I, I see some Blu-rays I want, but then I gotta go get this other like iPhone case thing. So and you're st- everybody's standing around the shit, leaning on it, waiting for six o'clock to drop, and then they can get all their shit that they want. And I'm talking about I needed this micro SD card in the, and the, the case. So I just I I. While no, while the the feds weren't watching, I put them both together. I, you know, you're not supposed to touch the shit until six, but I did. I, I, but I, I put it in a place that I could grab it at six o'clock. Both items just right there, snatch, boom. And right in front of me, once the six o'clock goes, everybody there's like these tablets for thirty bucks, thirty bucks. Google tablets for thirty bucks. I'm talking people dive on each other, like pushing people out of the way. Crush the the poor fucking cardboard box that all these tablets are in. Somebody probably got hurt. I just walked away. I was like, nope, 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 nope. I'm not even. And just that all the fucking madness. So we, I got the voucher for the phone. Got all this other shit that I want. Then I got to go and wait in line for two hours just to pay for the phone. Just to pay for the fucking phone before I can get in line to go pay for the other shit, right? Oh, God damn it. I was so fucking mad. Like, I was like, I'm never doing this again. I'm not doing this again. Y'all sucker me into this shit every time. I'm going to have a fucking stroke at one of these things. Like, or I'm going to get into a goddamn fist fight. And then the next day, they got up at like 4 a.m. to go drive a couple hours to like South Haven outlet malls and get all these deals and stuff. I was like, y'all have fun. I I put my time in. Y'all max me out. Y'all have fun. I'm just hanging out today. I'm hanging out eating leftovers. I did my time. Um, You know, I have never... So, you know, like I said, I'm not like a a Black Friday super super shopper. I've never seen the fights. I've never seen the crazy diving on top of things. But like I said, I'm also not going necessarily for the hottest ticket of items, you know? I'm going to check out the video games. People with four TVs in a case, in a a cart, because they're like 89 bucks a pop. Right. You know, the coolest shit I got was three... I got Logan... For like three or four bucks, I got Wonder Woman, you know, five six bucks, and I got Spider Man Homecoming, all on Blu-ray. Have you, you know, watched for, Spider Man yet? For, yeah, hell yeah, I watched Spider Man. What you it think? Was fucking tight. Yeah, it man, awesome. I really like that one. Um, 
in the beginning, it, it throws you around a little bit just because they try to explain his involvement in uh, the Civil War. Right. But after that, this you know the Spider-Man story becomes his own. Oh. Uh, you know, after, it, it 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 flows pretty seamlessly. But um, they should have included his whole. You if you watch his little, he makes a little homemade movie of like his involvement in the Civil War. Like he makes like a video diary of that whole encounter. And what's in the theatrical release isn't the whole thing. Oh, you can watch. There's an extras that's there, got it yeah. all. That's cool. Yeah, that, that's got the whole thing in, it. and it just makes so much more sense and feels. I know it would have made the movie longer, but it 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 just fit better. I thought. I wish they had put that whole thing in there. I love the scenes with Iron Man and Happy. Those are great. Michael Keaton was an incredible villain. Anyway, I love that shit. I watched Logan too. That shit was sad as fuck. Yeah. Intense and sad as fuck. One day when uh, I'm not so worn out and we got a little extra time to fill, uh, there's a discussion I could have about Logan. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. What's the What's the issue? I have a couple issues with it. Not that I didn't think it was a good movie, because it did. Give me the broad stroke issues. Uh, adamantium bullet bullshit. Right. Uh, really, you're going to have a callback to not only the worst X-Men related movie ever made, but perhaps one of the worst comic book movies ever made. Fuck you. Uh, X-24, dumb, dumb. Oh yeah. Oh, so we get old Hugh Jackman and handsome Hugh Jackman. Ooh, I could go into it more, but, but saying that makes it sound like I didn't like the movie. I did. That's what it sounds like. I just feel like, they can't do a Wolverine movie without doing something stupid, it appears like. It appears they can't do a Wolverine movie that doesn't have something stupid in it. I thought X-23 was cool. thought she was yeah. badass. Uh, well, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. Well. Because the uh, Nomas Wolverine movies with no. Hugh Jackman. Yeah, with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> there will be more Wolverine movies at some point, especially if this supposed Fox and Disney deal goes down. Where they uh, get the X-Men and well, whatever. Well, it looks like they're going to be getting, well, if this goes through, they could potentially be getting all of Fox's movie properties. So I watched the newer Fantastic Four, and uh, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as bad as I remember. And because I went back and watched the the original Fantastic Fours, like the Rise of the Silver Surfer and shit, and like those were bad. Oh, they were bad. See, I think the newest one, the Josh Trank, is worse than both of those. Really? Yeah, way worse. Uh, it's ridiculous. Once again, not here nor there. Neither Jessica here nor Alba there. as Sue Storm is awful. Awful. Yeah, Miles Teller as Reed Richards is ten times worse. I hate that I kid. Know. There's something I, about his stupid fucking face. I hate that yeah, kid. I don't know. Miles Teller. If I ever saw him in public, I'd just be like, I hate you. Stupid you, motherfucker. Once you decide you hate somebody, there's no bringing you back. There's no coming around. There's really not. There's really not. I'll write somebody off like a bad check, son. Miles Teller, you're on the list. <coughs> All right. Um. So, what were we gonna talk about? Let's talk about something that rules, instead of shitty Josh Trank's Fantastic Four movie. Let's talk about the Battlefront Two campaign. Did you finish it, buddy? I did. What did you think? I thought the campaign was incredible. 
Okay. You know, I've seen a lot of feedback about it and a lot of the people's problems, but uh, I can't really subscribe to any of that. Um, love it. Love the way the story played out. The graphics are amazing. Uh, the the hero cameos are on point. A lot of the voices are on point. You know, um, the so, combat is great. The story is great. So before we dive into it too deep, uh, let's go ahead and um, just preface this with A we spoiler are alert. yeah we are going to be deep diving into the campaign story of Battlefront 2. So if you don't want to hear any spoilers about the the story for ba- Battlefront 2, this episode ain't for you guys. Come check us out once you have a time to f- a chance to finish that. But, you know, the campaign's not that long. The game is going to have been out, what, two weeks, three weeks by the time this comes out. So yeah. hopefully most of our good listeners have had a chance. But if you hadn't, tread lightly if you're wary of spoilers. Um, yeah, you may you may want to check out and uh, catch us once you have finished the campaign. So we'll let me start off with the small number of issues I had with the campaign, which are, are relatively okay. small. I felt like at times the story was a little disjointed. Yes, like sort of in the transitions. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, not so much that it really took me out of it or affected my enjoyment of it. It never, it never shook me. No, and maybe that's to my credit to be able to follow a story that jumps, you know, in time. It's not even the time jumps. There's just something about the presentation that's a little disjointed. Um, I felt like the writing was really good. I felt like the characters, characters, characterization, characterization of all the uh, Inferno Squad members was interesting. I'm talking about the performance of the Inferno Squad members, both physically, facially, and and vo- just their whole performance. Really good. How and how it came through. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. Super <laughs> impressed. Super glad. Um, it was a tad short. However, it was pretty action packed, and I felt like I didn't really miss anything by its shortness. Like you remember right. playing. Force Unleashed 2 and feeling a little shortchanged after beating that, you're like, wow, that was pretty short. Yeah. I didn't really feel that in this. I was like, okay, that's the story. Now, we have... Can't wait for the rest of it. Yeah, that's the interesting thing. December 13th, there's something being released called the Resurrection DLC, which... Some some recommend that you don't play it until after you've seen The Last Jedi. Right, which, what I was going to say is, with the Resurrection DLC, you're getting Crate from The Last Jedi, you're also getting Finn and Captain Phasma added to the Heroes and Villains roster, and you're also getting three more campaign levels that continue the story on from the end of the game. And yes, uh, one of the head writers, Mitchie D, Mitch Dyer, and Matt Martin, I believe, from the Lucasfilm Story Group, we're discussing it on Twitter, and they said if you want to go into The Last Jedi completely cold, then you should maybe wait until after seeing the movie to play that DLC. And you better believe that's what I'll be doing. Oh, you better believe I'll be playing it on December 13th, because I cannot imagine that there's going to be any major revelation in this that's going to like, 
I'm going to be like, well, now I know all about The Last Jedi. If that were the case, I think they would hold it to at least the week after. Not saying there isn't going to be something. But I don't think it's going to be anything major. <clears throat> um, but yeah, really, as far as complaints go, the disjointedness, and it was a tad short. That's about all I can really think of. One um, of the complaints I saw was that um, they thought it was weak that Iden Versio... We haven't even talked about the progression, but I, I'm jumping the gun a little. That Iden Versio flips, and that you get the same old good guy story. You know, it would nah. a better story if they had stuck to the dark side. Now that would have been boring, and they say it would have been interesting to see. Maybe interesting to see story wise, but really, if you think about it, what are you going to see? You're going to see the Empire shitting in their hands and be like, oh, I guess we uh uh now we're the first order. They took the hardcore. That's Hask's story. You we'll know, see. You took the hardcore elements of the Empire and reorganized them into more Empire. See, to me, this just shows me that we pretty much think alike in what we like to see in Star Wars stories. Like, for the first, what, it's like four missions at the beginning of the game where you're part of the Empire. Like, I yeah. got my fill of being part of the Empire in that four. I did. That and, was it. And the, I'm telling you right now, it may even be on an episode previous, like when we were discussing this campaign. Like I saw the the turn coming a mile away. I knew she was going to turn because just like you, I personally don't know how interested I would have been in, uh, you know, 10 chapters, 12 chapters, however many it was. Full of slaughtering on rebels. Yeah. Full on empire storyline. I, I feel like I got my fill of it. Um, and, it works better because you get to see how all your 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 heroes and what they're doing after the Battle of Endor, how they deliver the final blow. You know what they're yeah. how you know. Well, so this is get what to I'll see say. Leia being um, a badass. Get to see Lando being a badass. Yeah, I'll say. Um, I at least thought that the way they have her turn. To becoming part of the rebellion, like I thought it was pretty well written. I thought it made well sense. Written. Totally um, appropriate. Now I know this is not ne these things don't necessarily go hand in hand, but you know there's a prequel novel called Battlefront Inferno Squad that uh, takes place. I don't know. I'm, I started re-listening to it after playing the game because I had started it a couple of months back, and then something else came up, and I stopped listening to it. I'm really enjoying it. I'm probably about, I don't know, six or seven hours into the audiobook. And if you want those characters full on Empire and you want that storyline, then you got that book, man. Like, right. Go back and read or listen to that book, and you will definitely get more of that side of things. Um, it was neat seeing that Dell was at the Battle of um, Scarif. Well, okay. So that's what I thought. From that little uh, end scene with Kylo, in the book they actually established that Dell wasn't there during the Battle of Scarif. He was on Coruscant at that time. But so Dell started off as just a run-of-the-mill stormtrooper. Then he got promoted to being a shore trooper on Scarif. But this is before the Battle of Scarif. By the okay. time of the first Death Star gets blown up, he's actually been promoted again to being part of the. He's like an engineer, basically. Right. And he lives on. I knew Inferno Squad was created to prevent a, like a, a scarab from happening again. 
Yeah, well, it's it's created in the wake of the first Death Star's destruction, pretty much. Right. Um, but so yeah, it, that when when playing the game, I was like, oh, that's cool. He was on the Battle of Scarif, but no, he he. From what I can tell in the book, he wasn't actually present for that, but he was a sort shore trooper on Scarif at one point. Um, I really liked Aiden and Dell. I liked their characters quite a lot. Oh yeah. Um, I liked. Uh, I'd like to hate Hask. Fuck some Hask. Right. Slap that motherfucker great, in the face. Knock his goofy hat off. Villain, great yeah, villain. villain. Great performance. Admiral Versio. Great villain. Great performance. <clears throat> so, the one thing I'll say about Admiral Versio is the whole him and. Granted, once again, this is all sort of fleshed out more in the book. But as far as just the game as a standalone product goes, I felt like a little more of their relationship could have been fleshed out. So his sort of, he didn't turn good at the end, but like, he kind of was like, well, I'll be damned. You're right. You know what I mean? He took his, he took his just desserts is what he did. He, right. But I'm he, saying he it, owned it, his shit. it could have been done a little more smoothly or something. Like it just seemed kind of like. You fight this big battle on the hull of the Star Destroyer, which was awesome, by the way. You get inside the Star Destroyer, you run to the bridge, and you're expecting this big confrontation, and he's just sitting there watching this battle go to shit, and he's like, you should go. You should save yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, especially once but you it, read the it book. it had the emotional weight. Mm, you know? Eh, maybe. Maybe not so much for me. I, I mean, I, feel I like guess there not for you because been... you've read the book, but that moment had its emotional weight in the fact, you know, the fact that he, he knew she chose correctly and that he chose incorrectly. Right. Which I thought was cool. I just thought it could have been, there could have been a little more to it, I guess is all I'm saying. And look, when I'm, when I'm saying these things, we're talking about a campaign that I'm going to play again. I really enjoyed. I'm just trying to be fair and and pick out some things that I didn't like. I think, Um, As far as the story goes, I I thought it was great. And I think if you added more, if you fleshed it out more like we're talking about, you would have cutscenes that are like on the Final Fantasy level. Yeah, but you're talking to the wrong person saying that that's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm saying I think that's expensive. Yeah, but it's also EA, so I don't want to hear that it's expensive. You know what I'm saying? EA's got the money, so I don't want to hear... The Wait expense. till we get to our multiplayer discussion because I've got some notes. Uh oh, duh, oh. Um, I, uh, I really like you were talking about. I really enjoyed every single one of the hero missions. Oh yeah, um, that Luke one. I was so stoked on. Uh, I did think it was a little goofy that with the, the bug swatting. Yeah, like I was like, yeah, all right. right. I the I was fighting all them stormtroopers. And then I get to meet Dell, and then I'm like, oh, I guess I'm just going to swap bugs here for 10 minutes while Dell does the cool shit. And and then it was okay because I got the scene in the vault. Um, yeah. There for a minute, you're like, how many more of these fucking bugs do I have to lightsaber? Yeah, see, personally, I would have almost preferred sort of a, a big monster encounter, like almost a Rancor-style encounter or something like that instead of just hordes of like june bugs or whatever the fuck those things were force repulse um, 
Force push, yeah. swing the light swing, saber. Force yeah, repulse, over, over force over. push, swing the light saber. Uh, but the part leading up to that, running through Pilio, whipping ass on some stormtroopers and shit, that yeah, was cool. Sick. Yeah. Uh, that that planet looked incredible. Uh, I one of my favorite Luke Skywalker lines of all time. I'm saying it now is in that level when Dell is like, "Why did you help me?" And he's like, "Cause you asked because me you to." Asked. I was like, and at the very end fucking, where he's like, um, "That's fucking Luke Skywalker is shit right there." He says, "You have a choice." He's like, "What the rebellion?" He's like, "No, to be better." Like, um, I like oh, that. okay. So this reminded me. This is another small complaint. There was a mega cheesy part early on in the game. You know, after you escape indoor in the Tie Fighter, and you're flying uh, through all that debris. Yeah, the three members of Inferno Squad are talking to each other. And uh, Iden says, and to me this is cheesy, she says, well, I, uh, someone told me once that rebellions are built on hate. And I was like, oh my god, guys, are you really, are you really fucking doing the Rogue One callback, but flipping it to hate instead of hope? Come on, guys. <clears throat> but as far as cheesy lines goes, I think that's the only one that really stuck out to me. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so first up you played as Luke, then it was Han Solo, right? As Han far as the Luke thing goes, it makes me wonder how many more vaults mm. did Palpatine have, and what artifacts, Jedi or Sith, did he store in those vaults? Well, so you know that compass he takes? Plays into The Last Jedi, I know that. Yeah, it's it's been on like a little Funko figure, uh, the SH Figure Arts Luke that's coming out has that compass, so that's something. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming it leads him to Octu, but then that means he's held it this whole time. You I know, mean, that could or be he it. Didn't go to, he didn't go to Octu till after his new academy was destroyed. You know, like, I'm not sure how that all fits in. So, I don't know. With that compass, you got to think... There's a reason that Palpatine was hiding it away in that vault, right? Was that reason... And you got to figure it's because he didn't want anybody getting their hands on it. Except him, right? Right, right. So that makes me think that like, it's probably does something besides just lead him to Octo. It probably... I don't know if it like leads him to places that are really strong in the Force. You know, that have some great connection to the Force. And maybe that does eventually lead him to Octo. Does you think it have, that it has like a little mini holocron in it? Uh, I don't know. Does it maybe help him find force sensitive people? You know, does it help him seek out? Is that what he uses to help seek out his uh, students for his Jedi? If you're, if you're struggling with, you know, the dark and light side, does it help you, you know, bring that into balance? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, and honestly, I don't know how much of an answer I, we're going to get in that. I don't know how much of a plot point that compass is in The Last Jedi. Obviously, it's not been in any trailers or anything. Not that that means much, but still, um, you know, if anything, I think we'll at least get some sort of explanation in like a source book or something. But it's really cool looking, I thought. The compass. I thought it was a neat yeah. little design. Very um, cool. Looks kind of galactic and like um, like there's a star system on it or something. Star map. So then 
You play as Han. Han has a badass. Be- no, no, you don't play as Han next. The next hero you play as is Leia yeah. on Naboo. And-, and first, she's in a Starfighter mm-hmm. before that. Well, you know, and- that's that's from that Leia comic. Right. In the Leia comic, her and uh, Yvonne are whipping around in those Naboo Starfighters when Project Cinder shows up. Right? I think I'm right about that. I just know it's the first time I've seen it in action. You know, may have read it in a comic book, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's the first time you've seen Leia pilot a Starfighter. In in motion. I, yeah. want, I know for sure she pilots them in that Leia comic. I Just a little fuzzy on the details if it's the... Naboo N1 Starfighter. Because I, I didn't really a... realize Leia was a pilot, you know, a Starfighter pilot, but clearly she is. She's all around badass. Uh, so that, yeah, then you're like on Naboo, which looks incredible. There's not a single location in the game, you know, be it campaign or multiplayer, that doesn't that look... That doesn't look phenomenal. Incredible. Uh, and that's cool, you know, you're getting to be badass Leia. She, now, that outfit she's wearing... Is one hundred percent from the Leia comic. Yeah. Um. So one of my favorite things about this game is the fact that it does a really good job of sort of tying into the established canon stuff that takes place after Endor. Yeah. You know what? I am wrong about the Leia comic because the Leia comic doesn't even take place. After Return of the Jedi. That shit takes place in between. After A New Hope, I thought. Yeah. Yep. You're right. You are right. Oh, sorry, guys. It's late and I've had a long day. So, I'm trying to remember what Leia's deal in Shattered Empire is then. Because she definitely does something in Shattered Empire. And that's when that whole Project Cinder thing goes down. That whole Project Cinder is a big part of Shattered Empire. <clears throat> um. But yeah, like there, and it's not even in necessarily huge ways, but there's like little hints and Easter eggs that tie it into other canon stuff. Project Cinder being one of them. Uh, when you're on Bespin later in the game, they mention the stuff that's going on in that sector that was from that, what was that shitty Star Wars mobile game that was around for like six months that was kind of like a Diablo clone? I can't remember what it was called, but that whole game it's not was galactic heroes is it no no that one's still going um shit no, i can't I even remember uh but that that whole game took place in like that bespin it's the um an Anoet, i can't remember Anoet. What, Anoet Anoet sector the Anoet sector which is like bespin and, and stuff uh, and there was like a sp- specific Imperial moth that set up a blockade so nobody could get into that sector. You hear that mentioned when you're on Bespin. You hear characters like Rax and Grand Admiral Sloan come up in conversation. That stuff from the Aftermath books. Uh, the whole battle, the stuff that's going on during the Battle of Jakku was covered in, pretty well in the third Aftermath book. The fact that Han has a beard and is looking for information to go help free the Wookiee slaves on Kashyyyk is big time tied into the second Aftermath book. So that's, if we're going to do this huge canon, like, you know, all this expanded material that affects the canon and it is canon now, 
100% unlike the old EU, which George Lucas never considered to be canon. He was like, that's its own thing. This is, It's not my story. If I ever do more Star Wars, none of that's going to matter. He always thought that. Um, but if we're going to do it where everything counts as canon now, I want it to all sort of <coughs> mesh, mesh together as well as possible. Pick and the I'm, best of everything. And I felt like... Um, I felt like the game sort of uh, interfaced with all that stuff pretty well. Uh, the Han level that we just mentioned sort of briefly was cool. Like, to be honest, though, probably my least favorite of the hero levels just because, like, in comparison. Like, well, when you think back on it, it just starts slow. You're looking for information. Right. Then it gears up. You know, you're fighting like a badass, but you don't fight for very long. Then you get in the Falcon. You and Chewie fly the Falcon. Now that part's not cool. For, not for very long, mind you. But the shit you do is really fucking awesome, but you don't do it for very long. <laughs> yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it. And it's like, I don't know. It's just like kind of that dude that you're trying to help get off of Taco Donna is kind of annoying too. your informant yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I loved the Maz stuff. I loved just hanging around Maz's castle and listening to people talk and hearing the shit they'd say. Like, there was this one time where, like, like you walk past this table and there's a lady at the table that's like, holy crap, that's Han Solo. Don't look at yeah. him. Yeah, don't look don't at look him. At him. Uh, uh, but Han with a beard, I'm all about Han with a beard. Uh, it's neat, and you, you get to see kind of why Maz is irritated with Han Solo for bringing that empire to her front door. Yeah, something tells me that's just <laughs> probably one thing on a list that Han Solo yeah. has done to get on Maz's uh, nerves right. a little bit. I did like when they're talking about Chewie, and he's like, you make him uncomfortable. You make him nervous. Yeah, yeah. you make him nervous. <laughs> um, the Lando level, fucking awesome, I thought. I, I really and I don't know liked... what it is about the Lando level that stuck with me. Maybe it's because I feel like I played for him for a while. And I, um, I don't know if that's Billy D. Williams or not, but God Damn, if it don't sound like Billy D. Williams. I actually meant to research that. I don't know if it's him or not. If it is, But it sounds I, just I, fucking like him. I have a feeling it might actually be him. It's um, the one that's the most on point. I mean, the rest of that shit is, is on point, but that one, I was like, damn, if that's not Billy D. Williams. I think it might be, though. I liked Billy D.'s first appearance when... Uh, when they uh, surrender themselves to the rebellion and he comes in. And to see he's him. the one, yeah. Uh, I also like that Lando's still rocking the General Lando outfit from the end of Return of the Jedi, you know? Right. Uh, in his I, cape. Yeah. The character Shriv. I really like oh, that. The, awesome the character. The best new character in the game, Shriv. Yeah. I love that fucking character. Comedic timing and and writing like a motherfucker. Yeah, I really liked him. I thought they did talking a shit really, about Lando's cape. I thought they did a really good job with that character. It's like a smart ass. Um, yeah, Duros. That's what uh, he's a Duros. Yep. That's what uh, Alien Racy is. But yeah, I thought like going through that ATAT factory on Solust and like causing the meltdown and running from the lava and like dropping the ATAT to use it as like a bridge to jump over yep. and shit like that. I thought that was getting really away cool. in the ATST. Yeah. I will say the one time in the campaign when you plot pilot the ATAT, I was like, Oh geez, just get me there. This thing's so slow. You know what I mean? I don't remember. 
Which when is that? At the very end of the Bespin level, they put you in ATAT very briefly when you're trying oh, to yeah. escape yeah, yeah, Bespin. Yeah. Um, it didn't feel like it drugged to me. I guess because they're taking damage from all angles and trying to shoot shit. Uh, I laughed really hard when they got in the cloud car, and when you know when you had to whip around and uh, and uh, do some dog fighting and shit in the cloud car because yeah. Steve hates that fucking vehicle so much. I was like, oh man, Steve needs to play this campaign just to just to get to this part and be like, what fucking cloud car? Cloud car. Um. Uh, I thought the Battle of Jakku was pretty cool because you got to do a little bit of everything. There's a little flying around, landing, getting out, being a badass, getting back in the X-Wing, fly around yeah. a little more. Um, yeah. The Kylo level at the end I thought was very intriguing. Yep. Uh, Breaking those mind barriers. Yeah. I thought it was an interesting way to portray that sort of force power of Kylo's where he like invades someone's mind. I thought that was an interesting way to portray that on screen and yeah. find a way to creatively sort of let you play as Kylo. Right. Um, okay. I guess we should just go ahead and do you think Dell and Iden are Ray's parents? Uh, I don't think so. Just cause I don't think Lucasfilm would bird dog that in a movie. I mean, in a video game. Um, it's, it's, I mean, God bless if there's not a lot pointing to it, but I just don't feel like they would do it. And why would they release that before The Last Jedi? You know, why? Those would be cool parents. I would be totally okay with that. It would make sense. But, you know, so Kylo Ren is (coughs) Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. That means Del either doesn't know that Aiden has left Rey on Jakku or knows and doesn't care. Like it's kind of implied yeah. that he's had a pretty regular life, right? And I I assume that he and Iden are still sort of together at that point. He's just for some reason gone off on like a like a cargo mission or whatever by himself. Apparently, you know, clearly he's make you know helping meet bills, running cargo on the Corvus or whatever. Right, badass ship. By the way, I thought the Corvus usually, was really usually, cool. I don't. Um, you know, identify or like too much the Imperial ships, but the Corvus, it's fucking badass. It's like a it's like a mini Star Destroyer or something like that. I, I really like that. Yeah, there's actually there's a name. There I can't remember what the class name for that type of ship. But it's definitely more medium sized than like a yeah. full blown fucking Star Destroyer. But I really thought cool. it was cool. Um so yeah. I don't think they are her parents either for the exact same reason you said. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they would give that away in a game, you know, a month before the movie. Like that seems kind of, I guess the word I'm looking for is anticlimactic. You've built up this huge mystery that we've been pondering since, I don't know, 2014 or some shit. Right. Yeah. Or, or, you know, maybe a little later than that. And, you're going to give that away in a game a month before you're about to release a brand new huge Star Wars movie. Right. That would just that would surprise the shit out of me. It On the other too- hand, like if that's not what they're getting at, 
I feel like they're being a little, I don't want to say shitty, but they're being a little, maybe a little shitty, being like, because they clearly had to know people would wonder and speculate that the way they presented that information. You know, they they start off uh, and being like, you know, you, you uh, what, you traded this, uh, your life with the Empire for fatherhood, and then you're like, oh shit, they had a kid. And then, you know, a few lines later, they drop daughter, but they never say her name. And then the game just fucking ends like with the symbolic, the beginning of their real romance. You know, their first kiss happened on the Battle of Jakku. Right. You know, there's some things there where you can see why people think that, that. you know, and they had to know that's what people were going to think. Right. Dell has the British accent. Now, this is the thing. I am not a geneticist, but I don't believe that a lady of Iden's skin tone plus a dude of Dell's skin tone produce a Daisy Ridley. Oh, I, that I don't mind so much. That's not a leap for me. Because you know, your skin tone, you just roll the genetic dice. Hmm. Phenotypes are Punnett squares, you know. Well, I am Recessive not a geneticist. And dominant genes. I am not a geneticist, but apparently Will is, because he just dropped some shit. I don't even know what the fuck it is. Uh, <clears throat> AP biology. High, highest highest grade in AP biology my senior year. Mm, oh, yeah. Rub it in, Mr. Smarty Pants. Oh, Shut yeah. Up. You're talking to a dummy that almost got held back because of fucking multiplication tables in third grade. When I was going for my psych degree, they were like, you can take biology for non-majors. You can take biology for majors. It's up to you. The one for majors <laughs> is harder. I was like, fuck it. Give me biology for majors. Um, so we're going to break up the format of the show just a little bit. We've gotten like three emails about Battlefront 2, and I figured since we're in the heat of the Battlefront 2 discussion, why don't we cover those emails now? Uh, Sounds good. And the first one is about this very subject we're discussing now is from our buddy Christopher Lilly. Hey guys, this is a spoiler intense email with regards to the events of the Battlefront 2 single player campaign. So, I'm not sure if you want to read this on the podcast or not. I admit, being a spoiler junkie, I watched the entire Battlefront 2 single-player campaign as a movie the other day on YouTube. What I found in the last mission is making me very nervous. Did the Lucasfilm story group really give Rey's parentage way in a video game a month away from the opening of The Last Jedi? I'll cut to the chase. It is revealed that both Del Mico and Aiden Versio, former Inferno Squad operators and traitors of the Empire, were married and had a daughter following the events of the Battle of Jakku. Kylo Ren himself interrogates Del Miko looking for Lor Santeca, diving into his mind and rhetorically asking him, Iden Versio, you think she changed you? That your daughter changed you? It's also brought up again when Del's once comrade, Gideon Hask, brings up his fatherhood after Kylo Ren is finished with him. Tell me, I'm jumping into collusion. Tell me, am I jumping to conclusions here? I can't imagine the Star Wars headshot did this. I'd appreciate your thoughts on whether or not this is what we're supposed to be to le- be led to believe, and if it's true, are you satisfied with the answer? Thanks, guys. Chris Lilly. <clears throat> well, we basically almost just covered that, but I mean to rehash it. I don't think that's what they would do. It would be it would surprise the hell out of me, but yeah, I would be satisfied. I'd be okay if that were her parents, because I think they're badass. Yeah, I, okay. You know, I think they're good parents. 
it, it would break my heart to know that they're both still alive and they left her on Jakku. I guess to protect her, maybe, you know, knowing that she was force sensitive, they didn't want the first order to get to her, maybe, but, you know, it breaks my heart in general that Ray's parents left her on Jakku no matter yeah. what. Yeah. I'm hoping that something bad happened to them so I can justify that in my mind, right? Like, like they're both, they were, they both died shortly after they had to leave her there, you know, or, they died before she got there, you know? Like. Okay. So something that kind of intrigues me is clearly Del Mico has some sort of connection, whether just slightly or heavily, to Lor Santeca. Because Kylo Ren mentions when he's invading his mind that Pilio is where he found faith, right? Right. And right. that faith led him to Lor Santeca. Also, right. um, Dell knows the last location of Lor Santeca, at least at that time, as being Bayora, and tells him that's where he is. So, Del Mico has had some interactions with Lor Santeca, and it kind of, to me, implies that maybe he's even part of Del uh, Lor Santeca's Church of the Force. And if I remember right, in that in that scene with Kylo Ren. He implies that Del Mico came back to Pilio hoping to meet Luke Skywalker. I don't know why, but I guess hoping to see him again or something. I can't remember that part. You may be right. I was kind of just trying to soak it all in. I was like, wow, there's a lot going on right now. Right. Um, can I or say... Ha maybe Hask says that. Can I say that I hope Iden kills the shit out of Hask in these three DLC well, you, levels? You, you thought it happened. you know? <coughs> right. At first, I was like, how the hell did he survive? I was like, well, well, she shot him down. That doesn't necessarily mean he blew up. You know, we know he could have just crashed. Or ejected, I mean. Yeah, you know, you know like. They're in atmosphere, so. Right. Um, so, that connection Task with Lor. is going to meet an awful end somehow. That connection with Lor Santeca is interesting to me because he is on Jakku along with Ray Now, we haven't seen anything yet that has led us to believe the two are connected, Ray and Lor Santeca. But interesting, nonetheless, that Lor Santeca, who is hiding the map to Luke Skywalker, is on the same planet as Ray. And Lor Santeca has this connection with Aiden and Delmico. Something to keep in mind. Not saying it, it points in any direction, but I thought it was interesting. I, I from what I there's another character coming in the DLC that I'm not familiar with another female character that may be their daughter. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I haven't heard this. What's going on? Uh, there's oh god, now I got to look it up because I read it and then just thought, oh, Hawes will know about this. I um, I haven't heard this. Well, while you're looking that up, let me read our next right. Battlefront email from our buddy William. Hey, Halls and Will. I must say I panicked a little bit after listening to last week's podcast because I knew I only had a limited amount of time to complete the campaign. I have three small children, ages 7 and under, so my gaming time is pretty limited. But with some early mornings and coffee, I got through it in time, and I have to say, it left me wanting more. I was hoping it would have been a little bit longer, but what I got, I absolutely loved. One part that stood out to me was playing as Luke and Pilio and wondering, what the hell is he doing here? And at the end of that mission, wondering what it was that he took from the observatory. The last mission of the game with Kylo was totally perfect. The perfect tie, perfect to tie Luke 
the Luke part together. Also like the idea of the Emperor's Observatory. I remember reading the Thrawn trilogy and thinking the Emperor's Vault on Wayland was pretty awesome and helped to explain the story even more. I had fun imagining all that crazy shit that cranky SOB was keeping hidden. My final thoughts are, I will definitely play the campaign again, and I think I'll shell out the money for online play because I really want to see the other maps. Thanks for reading this, and I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving. May the Force be with you both. Um, the, uh, you know, another little interesting piece of information, the Emperor also has one of those uh, observatories on Jakku. That's covered in the third ap- uh, Aftermath book, if I'm oh, not mistaken. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, okay, here's something I meant to bring up. The fuck is uh, Project Resurrection? Yeah, I was wondering that too. Are they trying to resurrect? Does that just mean like resurrect the Order? The Emperor? Uh, you know, because I, I wouldn't think Snoke would want to resurrect the Emperor to vie for his power. You know? I don't know. So... To give it a little context for anybody that doesn't know what we're talking about, the there is a Aqualish lady named Gleb who was in charge of like the Imperial Con- Academy on Fondor, right? That's where, I believe that's the name of the planet. It's um, Iden Versio's homeworld. It's where she grew up, is where she was trained to be part of the imp- Empire. She was trained by Gleb. Gleb shows up after the whole Kylo Ren thing and mentions that something about a project project resurrection and that's all you really get now the dlc that's coming is called the resurrection dlc so i have a feeling we might get a little bit of answer um and pretty much the three uh what you call it the three theories that you put forth is that the resurrection of the empire into the the new or or the first order is it um are they trying to resurrect Palpatine? The other one that I thought is maybe that's the program by which they steal kids and brainwash them to become part of the uh, First Order, since that's something that Gleb had been involved with sort of in the Empire, right. raising kids to be... Which clearly explains Finn's lineage. <clears throat> right. I mean, he even says he was taken as a kid. He never knew his family. He was raised to do one thing, etc., etc., right? So... um yeah, it makes me wonder if that's what it is. Who knows? This whole project, to me, the Project Rev- Resurrection thing was a little more interesting to, than the question of are Iden and Dell Ray's parents? I really want to know what that fucking Project Resurrection is. <clears throat> All right. Next up, we got our buddy Fernando. Good evening, Halls and Will. First thing, love the podcast. Addicted after first listen. Can't believe I've been listening for a year now. Time flies. The time and effort you both put into your work is universally appreciated, and it shows in the quality of the production. Now that that's off my chest, how about some Battlefront 2? I thoroughly enjoyed the campaign and can't wait for the DLC. I have two questions. What do you expect from the new DLC, and what is your wish list for it to include? Two, what heroes and villains do you want to be included? I personally want more prequel era heroes and villains included. EA stated that this game covers all eras. I'd love to see Revenge of the Sith, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Cad Bane, Captain Rex, Ahsoka, and General Grievous, and Count Dooku, and Kanan. A man can hope. Games are built on hope. 
Oops, that's the rebellion. Continue the fantastic job. Thank you for reading and be safe. May the force be with you both, your friend Fernando. Um, I don't know what to expect. Well, besides the fact that we're getting Crate and we're going to get uh, Finn and Phasma, I don't really know what to expect from this DLC, especially as far as the, f the story goes. I'm really hoping we get a final confrontation between Aiden and Hask and we get to put fucking Hask six feet under forever. That's Here's the question. So we know we're going to get three more story levels, right? Uh-huh. Do you think that'll be the end of it? They're going to wrap the story up there? Or do you think there's another DLC coming? <clears throat> another story DLC coming? Honestly, I don't because know. Because that's the question. It could end in another cliffhanger. You know, the final Iden Hask showdown could not happen until the final DLC. I kind of get the feeling, and this is just a personal hunch, that this will be the last story DLC we get. And DLC past this will all be multiplayer based, more heroes, I mean, more that would make sense. maps and vehicles and things like that. That's just it would feel how I right. Feel. <laughs> because um, if if there's another if there's another three level story chunk of DLC, that would make it a really long campaign, which I'd be fine with. But you know, I just don't see them constantly dragging out the story like that. I feel like this last little chunk of story campaign was held back on purpose because it's a little more pertinent to the story of The Last Jedi and they wanted to use, to put it out closer to that or to use that as sort of a promotional tool, you know, when that comes out. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what heroes and villains do you want to be included? Well, he included quite a few that I want. Obi-Wan, definitely. Anakin, would be cool. Cad Bane would be cool. Ca All these. Captain Rex, Ahsoka. General Grievous, I think, would be fucking phenomenal as a villain character to play. <clears throat> I, I, I think that would be really cool. Um, let me think. Let me think. Okay, I know who I want them to add. Fucking Shriv. Give me Shriv as a playable hero and make him real yeah, badass. Right. Yep. Um, I think Anakin. Young Anakin would be cool. <clears throat> yeah, young Anakin would be cool. Um, I don't know why, like, Django Fett. Let's put Django Fett in there. Um, I don't know, man. I mean, he, he listed so many that are, are cool, good options. Yeah, he, he took the good ones. Oh, fuck that. Kia D. Mundy. Add him now. Kia D. Yeah, give me Kia D. <clears throat> are you kidding day. me? If they, they were like, coming this spring. The newest hero to be added to Battlefront 2, Kiati Mundi. I would play that game for seven days straight with no sleep. Just playing as Kiati Mundi whenever I could. Are you kidding me? What's the Jedi with the weird mask? Uh, um, fucking Plo Koon? Plo Koon, yeah. That'd be cool. Like, if not for my uh, podcast-related affection for Kiati Mundi... Plocoon is my favorite prequel era Jedi. Ahsoka. Oh. Ahsoka would be kick-ass. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> but, I mean, if you're getting into the animated realm, then you could add some of the Inquisitors, like the Grand Inquisitor. You could add all kinds of cool people. So, I think Ahsoka transcends just because she's been in two animated series. But right. I, Kanan would be cool. Kanan would be I, cool. I'll pass on Ezra, dude. Just don't need to play oh, as him. Fucking uh, Churret and Bays would be badass. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. K2SO 
would yeah. be pretty fucking tight too, man. Throw Krennic. Like, I know they they did Krennic and Jin for the last DLC in the original Battlefront, so why not throw them back in there? Just give us, give them all to us, you know? <laughs> just give us, just give us everything, guys. We want everything. <clears throat> all right. We have one last Battlefront-related email, and then we'll do uh, maybe another small news item, and then the rest of our emails. So this is from our buddy, Ower. Hey, Halls and Will. Yesterday, I decided to pick up Battlefront 2 and was pleasantly surprised with the inclusion of The Last Jedi Hero DLC without even pre-ordering the game. Thanks, EA. Off the bat, I played the campaign till Bespin and have very likely finished it by now. I have enjoyed the mission, but the overall story seems like the Aftermath novel. One thing I really enjoy is the improved Starfighter combat, which I hated in the first game because it was a clunky system. Alongside the hero health regeneration, no more pickups, and the class system are all welcome. I dug the Maz's Castle mission a lot due to the the ability to listen in on on scum and villainy's conversations. An Easter egg I really liked was that the Sheev Palpatine propaganda poster on Vardos. I feel as if that's their home planet, Vardos, not Fondor. I feel as if the Compass Luke gets in the Pilio mission will definitely be in Episode Eight. It comes with him on the Bandai figure arts action figure in his hobo apparel. My question is, what is your favorite mission? What's your favorite mission? Ooh. <clears throat> Ooh. Okay, we get. What's your favorite hero mission, and what's your favorite mission as Inferno Squad? Let's 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 really. Favorite hero mission is going to be Lando mission, just because I just is. Okay. The Kylo the Kylo Ren mission carries so much weight, mm-hmm. but you don't necessarily do a whole lot, you know. And I couldn't figure out like there's this disc spinning, powering you up. I don't know if it's a rage meter or what. I never figured out what that did. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think you may be right. That's some sort of fucking. Um, hissy fit meter. Um, yeah, it, it just it didn't like you know it was cool the story weight it carried, but as far as doing shit, I guess the Lando mission or even the Leia mission had a lot of action, which yeah. I really like. The Luke mission is my favorite, just from the fact that we've gotten so little Luke post Return of the Jedi canon yeah. stuff that it was that was nice to see and. You were getting to swing around the green lightsaber, whip a bunch of ass, and Luke was super I knew heroic you were on light side. I can't I help knew it. You were say that. Uh, favorite non-hero mission would be the shipyard at Fondor. I thought that was really cool. It's a space um, fighter mission where you're like, uh, <clears throat> you know, sort of whipping in and out. You're fighting uh, Karelian corvettes. You're blowing them shits up. You're attacking uh, bombers that are coming in. U-wings. You're fighting U-wings. And then the last thing you have to do is attack the space station to release the the clamps so that Star Destroyer can get away. Yeah. I thought that was really exciting and fun. So that that was my favorite. I liked the mission where you crash the X-wing into the side of the Star Destroyer and then fight your way into the Star Destroyer towards Admiral Versio. So pretty much the last... (laughs) The last mission before the sort of prologue Kylo mission. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that part was really cool. Uh, what's your favorite Easter egg? Mm. Favorite Easter egg. 
I'll tell you mine real quick while you're yeah. Pondering. Tell me yours. So in the Maz's castle castle um, level, there's a part where you have to go up onto like the balcony area. Area you're looking for your informant up there, and there's two people talking. There's a lady and a Zabrak dude, and the dude is like, "You should have seen this alien I saw the other day. It was fucking huge and scary." And the lady goes, "Was it a transition?" And he goes, no, it wasn't scaly. It was hairy. And she goes, oh, it was a Wookiee. And he goes, no, I know what a Wookiee looks like. This thing was striped and purple, and it had giant green eyes. So basically, they're talking about either Zeb from Rebels or the same species as Zeb from Rebels, the Lasat. Right. So I thought that was kind of cool. That was my That's favorite little cool. Easter egg. <clears throat> I don't know, man. That's hard for me. Um, just seeing them trying to fight and then watching the Death Star blow up in their face on Endor. I don't know if that's an Easter egg. I don't guess. I don't know, but uh, I kind, I kind of, I was like, yeah, that's right, you fucking that's space right. Nazis. That's right. Your evil weapon got blown up. Uh, favorite hero. Um, I would say my favorite hero to play in like the multiplayer right now is Ray. Ray's pretty badass. Yeah, yeah, Ray and Luke. I mean, damn if I don't, you know, we'll talk about this in a second. Uh, new favorite game mode. New favorite game mode would be, I don't know, for me, it's either Heroes versus Villains or Starfighter Assault right now. Starfighter Assault, yeah. all the way for me. I really dig that. Uh, some of those Starfighter, like the Camino levels are fucking beautiful. Uh, the space ones are really cool. That's a nice mix. All of, of them. Yeah, I mean they all look great, but I don't know something about flying around on Camino, like with the ocean going all crazy and the rain and yep. shit like that is cool. Um, favorite map? Ooh, you know, honestly, I haven't played enough to have a favorite map. I can tell you my least favorite map. My least favorite map is Kashyyyk on night in Galactic Assault mode. I do not like that map at night in that specific mode. I just Kashyyyk like is my least favorite level in general. Really? Okay. Uh, it, I mean, it looks great better in the day, like you're saying, but there's something about, I don't know, that linear push towards the cruiser is, I don't like that. Right on. Well, uh, thanks for writing in, Ower, buddy. Appreciate it. I'll be uh, talking to you on Twitter for sure. I'm pretty sure. For sure. Um, so I think that does it for our Battlefront emails. So you got some uh, you got some issues for multiplayer that you want to discuss? I've, yes. Okay. And I don't know how much time you've had to put towards the multiplayer. You know, I I haven't seen you on a whole lot, but it, you're talking. Okay. So I've Luff probably have put it. in. I don't know. Total, maybe ten to fifteen hours. Okay, I've Quite probably sunk in maybe twenty. Um, maybe just a little more, but I had a day and a half off and battlefront was all I did. Um, so I did it hard and I, I I've still been going at it some of these last couple of days, but I will start this off by saying I am a gamer, right? I'm a gamer. I, I know I can feel the systems. I see what's working and what's not working. You know, I know when, Call of Duty fell off. I can tell you when Halo fell off. I, you know, when the things, you know, I played all that. I know I played Battlefields. 
you know, so playing this multiplayer, right? Part of the issue is the loot boxes and it's tying the progression into the loot boxes. Um, the whole way you level up is by the number of star cards you have unlocked. The way you level up is not through performance, not through kills, not through your score. You know, it, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating, I guess is what I'm winding around to. And I'll tell you why is because I have played all the classes and then I decided, okay, well let's focus on this one class. Uh, I'm focusing on the assault class took me forever to unlock the next gun, unlock the next gun, find out it's going to take me a hundred kills to unlock the scope. And I cannot for the life of me finish a game where I'm in above the bottom three or four. Now this is irritating because it's not my performance. I'm trying my best to do damage, to stay out of the line of fire and I'm getting killed by guys that have these Uber level star cards right the the epic the three and fourth level tier star cards they've got pimp abilities and what that really does is it sets up the people that don't have the awesome cards have to be cannon fodder for for to to grind their way towards better cards now your daily your daily crates sometimes will drop you a card the last two days running my daily crates have just had five crafting parts and some credits so i'm spending crafting parts trying to get my cards powerful enough for me to be to do some damage to perform well in my games um it's most effective my cards are most effective in the starfighter assault maybe that's why it's more most fun but it it's i can see from now that this game is going to be more fun when my classes are leveled up my cards are leveled up that i can hold my own right now I've got to just, you know, smash my head against the objective or the wall as many times as I can. Try to get those points to get guns unlocked, to get equipment unlocked for my guns. And uh, if you paid another $20 and you bought the Elite Soldier Edition, all of your classes have an extra gun with extra, you know, extra scopes or handles, grips, or extra added cooldown. Everything, you you start off with badass car, epic level cards and... Uh, another gun unlock so i guess that extra 20 bucks buys you some variety and some weight in the multiplayer that just doesn't seem fair mm. and it's also not fun having to get you know having to spend all my deaths right i know it's a battlefield game and that's the way battlefield works and when i first noticed like oh this is a battlefield game and i remember playing battlefield is like you just got to die a whole bunch till you can unlock the guns and then it evens out. It's taking me longer than that. It's taking me longer than it does in a Battlefield game to unlock my stuff, to power up my cards. And like I've got to spend my credits trying to get these crates to get good cards. And I don't have all my heroes unlocked because I'm trying to get decent cards to do well in my multiplayer matches. So I feel like I'm never going to unlock all the heroes because I'm too busy trying to get my cards up where they're supposed to be it's just it's frustrating. It's frustrating and because I didn't spend the extra twenty dollars, you're gonna make me hurt for it. It just feels greedy. You know, EA EA said there are two kinds of players. There are players that have more time than money and players that have more money than time. And that just doesn't seem like a fair way to classify your gamer base. It's supposed to be fun 
and equal for everybody. And to just go into these matches and get my shit owned by everybody with pimp cards is just frustrating. Because I'm trying. And am I one of those guys that's going to stay dedicated to it? Yes. Am I going to get my cards up there? Yes. But not everybody's going to do that. You know, not everybody is going to be like, I'm going to hang in there till I get my decent cards and the multiplayers, you know, I can actually hold my own. Some people are going to give up and they'll go to whatever's fun at the moment. See, uh, I don't know. I think that's just a a different, a, how different people approach a game because like if I'm not in the top five, it doesn't really bother me. If, if I, I'm still having fun with it. I don't I, need to be top I have five not... every game. I cannot, for the life of me, get on the MVP board. I can't finish top five like I, at, you know. And I'll say this. I have not spent any of my credits on crates. I've only spent credits unlocking heroes because I wanted to unlock those all first before I started buying crates. So the only cards I have been getting have been from doing the challenges and getting crafting parts and stuff that way. And then unlocking cards that way. Um, and just personally, I have not played any game where I'm like, oh, this guy is just dominating because he's got... Because, you know, it shows you their cards when you get killed and stuff. Right, right. And I haven't felt like, oh, well, th that guy killed me because uh, he's got fucking awesome cards. A lot of times I feel like it's more of a, well, I ran my ass into a chaotic situation and he got the last hit on me out of... 50 fucking people that are all shooting in this one direction. Um, but, you know, that's just me. I'm going to play. I'm going to play the shit out of it. I think the other thing is, is I haven't been necessarily devoting all of my free time to Battlefront for a very purposeful and specific reason that I don't want to get burnt out on it. I want to play it for a while. And I kind of burnt myself out on the last one where I got to f level 50 or whatever in like within a month, and then I, ne I hardly ever picked it up after that. I want to stretch this one out a little further, so I just like play a few matches here. If people are online playing, then I'll you know play a little more. Uh, I don't know. I, I haven't had... Granted, I haven't really sat down and decided, okay, I want to unlock this specific thing with for this specific class. I'm still... Sort of just, honestly, I haven't played a class besides Assault yet, either. Um, when when I play the modes where you get to pick your a class, I typically just go Assault. Because I feel like, oh, that's the one that's like how I like to play. Like, I'm not a good sniper in-game, so I'm not going to do the, uh, was it Specialist? I'm not going to do that yeah. class. I don't like how slow the Heavy is, so I'm not going to do the Heavy. The other one I kind of, like the officer, I can see myself trying out because you can do like buffs and stuff. It's more like... It's all neat. I guess okay, it's kind of more is... like the medic from the Battlefield games almost. Yeah. Uh, and the officer is most effective when you... Uh, I think he gets a turret. So that's pimp. You know, part right. of the, the benefit of being the officer, he gets a turret and you can buff. And if you're playing with friends... now. The oh, element of this game this I'll tell you that removes the frustration is playing with friends. If I'm yeah. playing this with my friends, I'm not gonna get frustrated. But if I'm sitting there grinding on my damn self, getting my balls kicked into the ground, I'm getting frustrated because 
oh, this guy shot me. He's, got, you know, I can see their gun. You know, when it kills me, it shows me the cars they got and the weapon they're using. And I'm like, God damn, I'm still 250 kills away from that fucking gun. Like, and he's already got the parts. Like, it, mm. it, and that's why it's frustrating. Now, I've told you why it's frustrating, but I will tell you the class system is cool as shit. Mm. Okay. The, their abilities, cool as shit. Uh, the way, the way all the levels look, awesome. The battle points, I really like, you know, because I can, if if I'm lucky enough to sp- to to earn enough battle points to do to get a hero or a hero ship, it's very fulfilling, you know. That's very neat. Um, and that's the other problem I'm running into is that the dudes with the pimp star cards are making their battle points first and getting the heroes and the the hero ships. And by the time I can get my points up there, all the stuff's taken. And and you know you you if you die and you know you want you you got you got enough points banked, you're like oh fuck yeah now I can get a hero. Well, all the heroes are taken, mm-hmm. like they're currently being played. And the next time you die, you're like oh shit, I still got enough points. All all the heroes are still taken by the guys that got you know the pimp cards and pimp guns. Um, but it, it's still I mean it's great. I, I won't. I'm not trying to talk shit about it. I'm just. I'm seeing the flaw. So I'm a gamer, and I feel like I can identify this. I'm seeing the flaw of hooking your progression into the randomization and and and, and crates. Not you know, um, not even necessarily the monetization of it, because I get where paying money for you know I I get paying money for crates for stuff in crates fine. Like we always say, it's better when it's purely cosmetic. But the fact that, you know, and like I'll, I'll buy um, a Starfighter crate. Like I want to get some Starfighter cards. I'm getting hero. I'm getting hero upgrade abilities for heroes I don't have unlocked yet. What fucking good is that doing me? You know, it's not doing me any good. Like you're giving me cards for things I can't afford to unlock yet. I, maybe it's because I bought the basic version. The, and But it, it just seems <clears throat> tying the progression into the loot card system seems counterintuitive or or broken i don't know um one complaint i have about uh the multiplayer stuff is the social aspect getting in a group getting in a game together leaving together still doesn't work right it's still and and the squads so okay that would be my biggest play together for double battle points I can't get I can't I can't get to stay in my squad. You know, you in the first one I, I had a couldn't you assign like you could get in the squad you wanted, no, right? No. No. There well, was well, no that squad. That doesn't make stuff. any fucking sense because in Battlefield Yeah, that's what can, I was going to say is like if you play together, it should put you like the group you're playing together is your squad. Like it shouldn't just put you in a random squad with other people. Right. Like the whole benefit of playing together is to be able to like communicate and be like a squad. So I feel that's one definite misstep as they should have allowed you to like, if you're playing in a group together on Xbox live, that should be the gr- the squad you're, you're spawned in with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I get that. Maybe they're trying to encourage people to not ch- talk in a group chat and talk into like the general chat in the game, but fuck that. I'm not going to do on- that. Online gaming is too toxic for that shit. Okay. The environment is too toxic to make everybody get along and have the same team chat. You're going to have some shithead mouthing off or being an asshole. You you need to be able to talk to your buddies. That that's what makes the experience enjoyable. For sure. 
so this week, um, not a whole bunch of cool Last Jedi news. We're definitely in the promotional period, though, where all the uh, stars of the movie are showing up on your Good Morning Americas and your fucking Regis and Kelly or whatever. Like Regis isn't even around. Who's on that show with her? I don't know. Um, it's uh, Ryan Seacrest. Oh. Ryan Seacrest and Kelly. Burkhart out then. <laughs> um, you know, Jimmy Kimmel, Jimmy Fallon, all that fucking shit. Uh, and of course, you know, we're not getting any big things. Of course, there's a lot of, oh, how great it was to work with Carrie, which is nice to hear. Uh, Mark Hamill talking about his hesitance to come back as Luke Skywalker. You know, all that kind of stuff. It's cool. <laughs> I love seeing the cast out supporting the movie and stuff like that because I really dig the cast, especially the newcomers, you know, Daisy Ridley, John Boyega and whatnot, Kelly Marie Tran right. is a damn ass delight. Um, but this, not today, maybe yesterday, Rolling Stone uh, released their big The Last Jedi article. And um, there was something in it that got everybody sort of up in a clickbait tizzy. Um, well, first off, let me say, <laughs> Daisy Ridley dropped some F-bombs and says shit a couple of times in the interview. And I was like, yeah, that's right. That's right. I wonder if the lady that wrote us an email saying she was going to uh, boycott our podcast is going to boycott The Last Jedi because fucking right. Daisy well, that was in like our lasers first and shit. 20, 20 episodes. Something. It? it was early on. Um, but she also said in the article that she may be done playing Ray after episode nine. And so here come the fucking articles. Daisy Ridley doesn't want to play Ray after episode nine. Daisy Ridley isn't going to play Ray again after episode nine. And over and over again, everybody's posting this shit. Which, of course, that could obviously be the case. But this is something. I mean, something... if she says no, she says no. You know? But this is also the thing. There's a few things you guys need to keep in mind about that. A. Kathleen Kennedy has already been on record saying that they have been thinking about and exploring story ideas to continue these characters on after episode nine. So that means that they're at least thinking about it, that the possibility is on the table. <clears throat> the other thing you need to keep in mind is Harrison Ford fucking came back for Star Wars. So if Harrison Ford can come back for Star Wars, Daisy Ridley can come back for Star Wars. And the final thing you need to keep in mind is a money. Money fucking talks. If they give Daisy Ridley enough money, I'm sure she'll be back for Star Wars, guys. And uh, it's all about your career, right? So she went and did Murder on the Orient Express, right? Her acting career is blossoming. Um, let her have a, a bad couple fucking movies and she'll be like, yeah, Star Wars all the way. Like, well, you know, I don't, you know, I, I think she has the ability and sort of the star power to not have to worry about that. Like, I think she'll probably get decent roles, and of course she'll have some stinkers, but she'll have some really good roles. Hayden Christensen did not. Yeah, but come on. Come on. Are you really are we really going to compare apples and oranges like that? I mean... You're talking about someone who was, in the general public, generally derided their performance versus... Someone that I mean, everyone was like, oh, Ray is awesome. I We'll go Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill post-Star Wars. Different era. I mean, I would say, yeah, maybe Carrie Fisher, but, you know, she also 
sort of went more into writing. I don't know. I mean, I don't know, didn't know Carrie personally. Maybe she was more comfortable doing that instead of acting. Mark Hamill did plenty. I mean, did he have a Harrison Ford type career? No, definitely not. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm not, and I know you don't want to think about this. And I know, I agree. She's got the ability and the star power, but Hollywood is a fickle mistress. Yeah, and but anything can happen. Yeah, I still think. I mean, we'll see. We could put some money on the table. I think she's going to have probably a more stable career out of all these people. Uh, we'll see. I mean, that's all I can really say is we'll see. I just think, like, regardless of that, you know, we're getting another trilogy from Ryan Johnson. That's going to take up, you know, eight years I- of Star Wars or whatever. More spinoff <laughs> films. Give it some time. Put some time right. in between episode nine and put out some other Star Wars movies. And then, yeah, I'm probably pretty sure you could talk her into coming back. Something tells my me whole, you just might be able my to. Whole- point was that i didn't say when i didn't get across what was that the star wars is so large and the star wars fame is so it catapults you to a level that i think the newcomers don't fully understand until they're in it and then once they're in it they're like oh my god like i don't know if it's always able for people to handle right off the bat you know and i wonder if she's having some of that some of Star Wars catapulted me to this level of fame that I, I may not be ready to deal with. But, and, and you know, like like you said, like, I'm sure she'll come around, especially in a couple years and money talks. Um, I just wonder if the meteoric rise of her awareness and, and fame has affected her at all. Oh, I'm sure it has. I'm sure there's no way it, it can't affect someone. Especially, you're not talking about someone that was you know, hugely successful before she was basically an unknown. Yeah. So, you know, that's what I'm I'm sure that's got to be a lot to take in, but she's got a lot of movies coming out. Like they were talking about it in that Rolling Stone article. I think it's like something about something like six movies on her plate that aren't star Wars related. Something like that. I can't remember. I'm just saying, I think she's going to have a decent enough career. I think she's been well enough received and her role is Ray that she will have roles. So I don't necessarily think she will come back to star Wars out of necessity as much as, you know, give it some time and she might be a little more willing to throw the right amount of money at it. She might be like you said, especially if this new Ryan Johnson trilogy is going to take eight to 10 years before they do an episode 10. I guys, I just, I don't think they're going to just be like, and you know, JJ, the other thing is JJ Abrams said in that um, interview that he views episode nine as the end of the Skywalker saga. Well, fucking George Lucas viewed the, you know, return of the Jedi as the end of that saga. So, and at the end of the day, JJ Abrams isn't in charge of star Wars. Right. So look, I, I think it will be uh, an end. I don't think it will be the end, you know, if that makes sense. I think it will it's, wrap up this trilogy in a nice tight bow. I think I just don't perceive there being an era like a time when they're not like, you know what we should do? Star Wars episode 10. No, nah, let's not do that. They're absolutely going to do that. To me, it's just a matter of when, not if. Do you think episode 10 will be Skywalker free Star Wars? To me, 
that depends on <clears throat> the character of Ray, 100%. I personally don't believe Kylo Ren survives this Star Wars sequel trilogy. And if Ray is not a Skywalker in some form, then that's it. Then that's it. That could very well be the end of the Skywalker saga. And episode 10 is the beginning of the, you know, whatever Ray's last name is saga. To me, Ray is the character that carries on the saga more than Kylo Ren. I think what Kylo if they Ren start with die. a whole new family? Like what if, it could be. what if episode 10, there is no Ray. There is just a new, because then I wonder this because it'll be interesting because I think family has such a big deal to do with Star Wars. You know, like... So, I think... If the you, connection, I the think scion. you're more likely to get that, what you're talking about, in the Ryan Johnson trilogy. I think if there is an episode 10, there will be at least some sort of familial lineage connection to some sort of character from the sequel trilogy. I think... That is the realm of episode 10. I think completely unconnected. That's the realm of Ryan Johnson's trilogy. And I, I mean, they pretty much stated that's what he's doing is a, a trilogy completely unconnected to what we've seen before. Right. So I think we're getting that, but not in episode 10. <clears throat> now, maybe, you know, fucking episode 10 comes out in 2027 or whatever by the King Tom timeline. And it's not set just 30 years after episode nine, maybe it's set a hundred years after episode nine. And maybe that's how they get around Daisy Ridley, not wanting to come back. And maybe it is right. her offspring's offspring, but I still think there'll be some sort of tie to the previous generations. You know, to me, star Wars, at least the saga films is sort of a generational story. You think they'll ever take it somewhere. You don't like it. Oh, absolutely. A Star Wars movie a year? It's going to happen. There's going to be one I don't like. They haven't done it yet. I loved fucking The Force Awakens. I loved Rogue One. I'm sure, I'm pretty positive I'm going to love The Last Jedi. But eventually, they're going to do one that doesn't do it for me. Star Wars movie in every year. The the, the odds are against my favor. Right. Uh, I don't know that they'll ever completely go in a way that I won't enjoy. Just because I'm so invested, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, only time will tell. Only time will tell. So, you want to uh, dive into some emails and voice messages and wrap this up for the evening? I do, I do. Okay, let me... Uh, technological breakdown every fucking time now. Do you hear that in the background, Will? Is that a cat? Nope, that was or Jesse. That was Jesse snoring. Nice. Or talking in her sleep one. I can't really hear it. Nice. Okay. Mm, you know how we do. So we're gonna do. Kia D. Kia D. Kia D. Cockhead. The only Jedi master who can crash box Giddy Cockhead Running around slaying bitches with his cockhead He's a big Surian stud He loves to split chicks with his hud Giddy Cockhead To stroke his cone and suck on his balls Giddy Cockhead What you gonna do when he comes on you now? 
He's a Jedi Council stooge, but he'll be pumping spooge tomorrow. Cockhead! Blue Herb! Cockhead! Hansberger! Cockhead! Will Witt! Cockhead! Goose Paint! Cockhead! G-Money! Cockhead! King Tom! Cockhead! Joe! Cockhead! K&D! Cockhead! Cockhead! Right. Speaking of King Tom, we got a voicemail from Buddy Buddy King Tom Buddy. Uh, okay. Let's see what he has to say this week. Hey there, Haas and Will. King Tom here. I am pumped about this Ryan Johnson trilogy. I absolutely love the idea. I'm excited about it. I mean, we've talked. It's, it, I, it, you know, I'm, I'm still, it's two weeks later now and I'm still thrilled about it. But everywhere I go, people talking about what the story is going to be and it's Old Republic this and founding of the Jedi that. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not, I'm not feeling those things. I mean, sure, I'd, I'd take them, I'd probably love them, but, you know, the, 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 the news release, which is really the only information we have on this, says that it's the, the, the story idea is going to be about an untouched corner or part of the Star Wars galaxy. And I think I figured out what it is. Have you ever looked at at a Star Wars movie and said, where are the bugs? I mean, think about it. Every character we see is between the height of a Porg and the height of a Kominoan. We see a praying mantis in the Mos Eisley Cantina, but the fucker's like seven feet tall. Where are the bugs. Don't you think it would be cool to see like a spider flying a, a spaceship? Or what about like a, 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 a firefly lightning bug with a lightsaber engaged in a duel with a dragonfly with a lightsaber just buzzing around and little lightsabers and using the force and shit? Wouldn't that be awesome? I mean, think about it. Ryan Johnson's story could, or his new trilogy, could tell the story of Qui-Gon Ginsect and be a D-Mundi. <laughs> and and I have the perfect tagline. The scale may be stall- small, but their potential is enormous. Think about it. Wouldn't that be a great idea? Anyway, may the force be with you. Buzz buzz. Thanks for the great podcast. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you guys later. You know how like two minutes ago you asked me if they'd ever go in a direction that would completely I lose was about me. To, uh, <laughs> the boy said spider flying a ship, and I was like, "House, like, nope, 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 nope." nope I fucking nope, hate nope. bugs. You know why I never got my Eagle Scout when I was in the Boy Scouts? Because of the fucking bugs on campouts, man. Fucking bugs. You know, <laughs> fucking hate uh, bugs. If you want Star Wars bugs, watch episode two. Okay. I'm pretty sure all the Geonosians are basically bugs. If you want Star Wars bugs, play that fucking Luke level on Pilio. June bugs all over that bitch. I don't need Star Wars a bug's life. I don't need it. Good good voicemail, but uh, I'm not hurting for the Star Wars bugs. Come on. You know, he was just being that. He was being super silly. Super silly. Super silly, King Tom. I wonder... I wonder, uh, I wonder, I don't know what I wonder because I just lost 
that train of I, thought in the middle of speaking that train of thought. I, I, I poo-pooed it, but I just I can't identify with a bug creature, right? Like it doesn't. The char- you know, characters have to be anthropomorphic and humanoid for me to identify. Um, so one thing I'll say that he kind of brought up is this whole untouched area of the Star Wars galaxy. And I just think you have to keep in mind that so much of the Star Wars galaxy has been touched since 1977 that when they say that they mean like untouched in a movie in a TV series, maybe even a book or comic series. And I get that he doesn't want to see the founding of the Jedi order. I want to see that, but I don't have to see that. No, no, I do think the force has to be a crucial part of it. Even if it's not the founding of the Jedi order. No, for sure. I I don't want to see star Wars without the force. I'll be interested to see what this, uh, to get some more information on this trilogy for sure. All right, next up, we have a first-time writer. It's our buddy Kelso. Hey, Halls and Will, Kelso here. Aussie in London. Been listening for a while via Steel Wars, but here's my first email thought. It concerns Ryan Johnson's trilogy. I would like to see it set in an undefined time and feature all new characters and have a somewhat smaller scope. That is, just one or two systems with a big bad from the same systems. After a kick-ass trilogy enduring us to new characters and a gripping story, the final scene or end credits segment, yes, a first for Star Wars, we see a very short scene of Star Destroyers appearing above the victorious heroes, indicating the Empire has grown enough to touch this new, untouched system. This sets up the next trilogy with the new characters battling the Empire and their part of the galaxy. What do you guys think? Huru Kelso. What's Huru? Is that like a kick-ass Australian? I I um, believe so. I I believe it's an Australian goodbye. Really? That's I don't know fucking, that. That's here. Let me uh, fucking look it up. delightful. If it is Huru, I'm pretty sure that's fucking delightful. That's a magical fucking place over there, man. Damn, Huru. I'm gonna start. Using Huru that. is a distinctively Australian way to say goodbye. Really. Well, hooroo to you, Kelso. Hooroo to you, buddy. I fucking <laughs> love to that. You too. Like, man, I love that. Aussies like, are kick-ass. I they're dig- tough as nails, and they're usually fairly personable. I dig uh, his um, his email and stuff, but the fucking gold star standard, <laughs> one word. Hooroo. You tickled his fancy with your hooroo. <laughs> you tickled my fancy butt good, Kelso. Um... I kind of like his idea of, you know, an undefined time. I'm really the thing that I'm most excited about all new characters, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All new characters. I like the undefined time, the small scope in the, in a singular system. I dig all that. I just, I don't think it'll be the empire. Yeah. I, I think it'll be removed from, there may be a big, bad faction, but I don't think it'll be the Galactic Empire. I think you almost always have to have some sort of big, oppressive, big bad in a Star Wars story. You know, to have them fight against. Whether it's the Empire, the First Order, mob bosses, fucking giant bugs, bees with lightsabers, spiders crawling out of buttholes. Whatever it is, right? Whatever just it may thinking, be. 
thinking back to Looper though, like there there is a, a bad, but it's not like a galact like a, a an army. Yeah. You know, it's kind of trippy the the Looper assassins or whatever. You know, the one thing I'm pushing back most in his idea is the end credit segment. Like I yeah. like the format of Star Wars and like I feel like you leave the end credit stingers for like comic book movies. Like I don't really know that I want that in Star Wars. Um yeah. I guess I would have to see it happened before but you know what i also you know i I still am undecided how i feel about rogue one not having an opening crawl you know i kind of like the star wars format and it didn't it didn't bother me and it's not going to stay the same forever so i might also want to you know get off that horse or whatever well who rudy you kelso thanks for writing in buddy hope you continue to do so all right, we got one last email for the evening. Then we'll wrap this up. Take my oh, hoo to you guys and take my ass to bed. Halls and Will, this is our buddy Dylan. Halls and Will, wow, less than two weeks now. Hopefully The Last Jedi will be the first Star Wars movie since Return of the Jedi that I won't walk into completely spoiled. In the summer of 1988, 98, not 88, 1998, during the lead up, to the Phantom Menace, I remember following up dial-up connection and stumbling across a site that described an underwater city. I was hooked on spoilers ever since. But lips have been tight, and we are so fucking close. With international release dates and premieres, when is the first time The Last Jedi will be shown to an audience? Like Rogue One last year, I assume spoilers will be all over the place thereafter. Peace, Dylan. Um... When's the first time it'll be shown to an audience? Well, I think it's getting shown to some people, like, around now. Like, Daisy Ridley saw it recently. I heard her say that on, like, Good Morning America or something. But as far as, like, a large audience, I think the premiere is, like, December 9th or something. I may totally stop my news feed by then. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of coming across some oh, shit. Oh, yeah. I think, I think, you know, I think my... uh my social media interactions will be severely cut down. Probably I'll say, you know, a week, December 7th, a week before we see the movie. I think that's a good time to sort of step back and only post podcast episodes and shit on Twitter. I don't know. I understand coming across spoiler and having to read it and being hooked, but I can stop myself. I was the kid that knew where the Christmas presents were and would not go look at them because I wanted to be surprised Christmas morning. You know, like, I can, I, I want the surprise. Like I was saying, I'm not going to play that Star Wars DLC just so I don't have any idea. Like, I love no. the in-theater gasp. So, you know, I imagine if, if there were going to be big, super huge spoilers, it would be after that first premiere. Uh, which I think is December 9th. I don't know why that that date is sticking in my head. But what day would that be? So the 7th is a Thursday. That would make sense. That's like the Saturday before the movie comes out. So that would make sense timeline-wise. Um, and then after that, it's it's probably fair fucking game because like I think Australia... It'll be fucked up. People come to work talking about that shit and you'll be like, ah, la, 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 la. Not, not at my work, they won't. No, and I mean like... <laughs> I like well. I used to work in a restaurant, and so like, right. people would uh, there would be things you wouldn't want spoiled. Not necessarily Star Wars, and because of course we see them 
the second we're able to, you know, right. so that doesn't happen. But other things people bring up and you're like, no, 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 shut, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, I think like Australia gets it a day before us. And so, you know, if you're the type that really wants spoilers before the, you know, the 14th or the 15th, they'll be available. Uh, it's just interesting. Like things have been pretty tight lipped on this one. It's pretty impressive. Mark Hamill even made a plea for people to not be dicks and don't spoil it after you've seen it. Yeah, he's been kind of on this whole wait for eight train for about a year now where he's been talking about spoilers and stuff. Um, Don't be a dick, be a dude. (laughs) Meanwhile, at the Legion of Douche. Um, So I think that's going to do it for us this evening, guys. Uh, Thanks for recording with me tonight, buddy. I know it's late. It's a late one. It's, uh, it's never too late for you, my good buddy. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, if you got some time this weekend, you should hit me up for some battle. For, oh, you got a busy weekend. Yes, Your dad's coming to visit. Yep, dad's coming into okay. town. All right, so maybe not this weekend, but soon we got to get some more Battlefront in. We've only gotten to play yeah, once. Yeah, we do. As soon as my star cards get banging level, we're going to rip ass. <laughs> uh, everybody, please go buy the holiday special if you haven't yet. Let's Let's help out some kids. If you like our theme song support the band that was kind enough to provide the music they're stoned cobra you can find them at stonedcobra.bandcamp.com also on itunes and spotify i know you kids love your spotify uh and well i guess hooroo 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 to you too hooroo to all of you and until next week this has been blue harvest i'm halls burkhart and i'm will Witten. may the hooroo be with you May the Huru be with all of you. I fucking love Huru. Huru all day. May the force be with us. <laughs> <laughs>